Hi, I'm Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Raj Valley, the CEO and founder of Thinkster, helping students K through 12 better understand math through AI driven tutoring and test prep programs. Oh, so much to learn today. Thanks for listening. You're going to have fun. Don't forget to share and subscribe. Enjoy. You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast for educators, helping you help kids achieve their dreams. Now here's Steve with this week's show. Raj Valley founded Thinkster. He is a dad and statistics guy at heart. As a certified Six Sigma black belt, he helped multi-billion dollar companies save money by making sure that their products and services were of the highest quality. Six Sigma means having less than 3.4 defects per 1 million pieces of anything you produce. Engines, coffee cups, your shirt, tutoring, anything that's outstanding, almost defect-free quality. He has worked for major multi-billion dollar corporations, leading functional areas in marketing, finance, operations, strategy, and M&A across aerospace, automotive, life sciences, chemicals, materials, pharmaceuticals, industrial controls, biotech services, and software. He spent 20 plus years volunteering his time to help provide basic education for underprivileged children. And several years ago, his daughters were using a worksheet-based math learning program like Kumon or Mathnasium to, to help accelerate their math learning. He was frustrated by the lack of progress they were having and truly understanding math concepts. They were getting really good in the process of solving math problems in a very formulaic way without really understanding why they were doing what they were doing. He looked everywhere for a math program that would let his daughters learn math for life and not just for a test or completing homework. He wanted a guaranteed approach to learning math, not hope, but guaranteed, like Six Sigma defect-free. He knew that if they had a real strong foundation in math, it would take them places. He found nothing other than a few books on the topic or needed to hire an excellent math tutor for over $100 an hour. He took matters into his own hands and looked for efficient and foolproof ways of getting students to learn not only math, but to develop a strong foundation in problem-solving skills and to help them improve their critical thinking and logical reasoning skills. He wanted them to develop the capacity to unpack and solve any problems in life, not just math problems. His strategy worked so well that it got his daughters to ace math in middle and high school, and eventually it also helped them into a top Ivy League university. This strategy became Thinkster. Raj, thanks for joining us today. Uh, say hi to everyone. Hey, Steve. Good talking to you. Well, I'm glad you're here, and uh, it's, it's great having you on, and uh, I, I love this conversation, and before we go this, I got I to gotta say this. I have a, a son who just before he graduated uh, from college and, and got into the work world, he, got, he, took, he started studying for this test. He said, hey, dad, mom, I'd like you guys to pay for this test I want to take. And this test was for Six Sigma, and so he's a green belt, oh, and, nice. uh, which is really cool. So I'm talking Good to a black belt now. So, so I got into a whole new world of understanding something different. So uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about you and your background. Could you explain what a six, give us a little bit more detail about what a Six Sigma black belt is and, and why you pursued it as a credential? Well, uh, I was working for all these major corporations. This uh, Six Sigma as a methodology was, uh, 
originally started out uh, by Jack Welsh in uh, GE when he was CEO at GE. Uh, I, I, I went to Allied Signal, which is essentially almost like a GE clone. Uh, so pretty much anybody who had to be in a leadership role needed to understand statistics, needed to understand Six Sigma. Six Sigma is nothing but uh, probably a nice way of saying, how do we know how crappy we are? <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. nice. So, so another way of saying it is that, how do we know that we are really damn good? Put in the language there, right? But awesome. the idea there, the idea there is, uh, you know, uh, anything of quality, if you are going to go buy Tylenol, you want to make sure that, uh, Look, manufacturing inherently has defects. I mean, by God, you go make, uh, you know, potato chips in your kitchen, you're gonna have some some not nice looking chips coming out, right? right. <laughs> you can't eat them or you can't sell them, right? right. So, uh, so the, 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 the problem is that even your own son or daughter would not uh, eat a really poorly oily mangled potato chip and you can't you know, get a cent for a chip outside in the market. So we should not sell those things. Those are called what I would call defects, right? So anything that you do, whether you're making coffee or you know, making chips or selling you know, aircraft engines, you know, think about the fact that you have to get into an airplane and one of the engines happens to be faulty. Or the scalpel the surgeon is going to about to use on you is yeah. not great. <laughs> so it, it, so the, the whole notion is that uh, Six Sigma is essentially at a very high level, how do you measure uh, defects of any kind? That's kind of like the overarching view. Why Six Sigma? Sigma is essentially mathematically we are all very used to standard deviation from the mean. So, uh, assuming the world is uh, distributed in a in a in a Gaussian distribution, what people normally colloquially call as a normal probability distribution, a typical bell curve uh, that looks nice and smooth on both sides. Uh, it, it, assuming that the world and the and the things that we deal with are nicely distributed, it's very simple. You go from the mean and you go one deviation on both sides of the mean. That's two sigma deviation, one sigma on either side. And then you go another two sigma, and then you go another two sigma. You're essentially at the tails, which tells you that you better be ridiculously good for you to be operating at those tails, which is essentially saying if you're going to be operating in those tails, you're not in the minimum distribution or those defects are going to be in, the, in your tails. You're essentially, if you have less than 3.4 defects per a million of whatever you're looking at, Tylenol, potato chips, whatever you want to talk about, that means that you're operating in what I call as God's zone, uh, the zone where God would basically be happy with you, right? Nice. So that's nice. What it <laughs> gotcha. Well, I appreciate that. That's and, I, and it's because I've never had anybody really talk to me about it. And I thought this was cool, so I had to steal this opportunity to say <laughs> yeah. I, I know a little bit about it. So I appreciate you just sharing that with me because I could see how it would pay off too in understanding, you know, because you want to help kids understand. Uh, uh, start with your own kids and want to help people figure out how to understand mathematics and so forth like this. Yeah. And, and uh, so not given, you know, to say, we're going to take, we're going to be good for crappy results, I guess is my point. So <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like we can use normal language. It gets the message across much faster. Oh, <laughs> well, it's definitely, I like that. You, you freed me here. So, okay. So um, at this point I need to warn everybody. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure what will come out of my mouth, but we'll work. <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, you know, so let's shift to something that I read in your bio. Your kids were not understanding. And this is, I think this is kind of a, I, I, what do you think about this? this is this a common problem? 
Well, I think that uh, everyone, not just kids, adults, including you and me, I mean, if I gave you a new microphone tomorrow and I asked you to start using it for your podcast and you didn't know how this microphone operated, you basically start with what I call as uh, no understanding. And then you either read the manual, watch YouTube videos, or whatever else that you are supposed to do to get up to speed. All of us, when we are introduced to a new topic, we pretty much start with what I call as zero basis, right? Zero basis understanding is essentially uh, uh, a notion that before I get to know about anything, I have no idea what you're gonna be talking about because I don't know what you're gonna be talking about. But then once I start, oh, I have used a microphone before. This has got the same kind of like whatever dongle or whatever, you know, the, the wire that's going to be connecting to it, whatever, right? I think that those are the things that are, that'll essentially start uh, allowing you to start making what I call as anchoring reference points. Oh, I know I, some, I know of something similar to a microphone. I've used it before. This seems, seems to have the same connectors. I need to plug this to my thing. So you start making connections. So you start from a zero basis and you start basically uh, accumulating knowledge and information that allows you to start understanding what you're, uh, you know, what you're being uh, presented with. Uh, all students, all of us are students, no matter what our age is, we could be a 90 year old and we could still be learning on you know, how to operate a computer, for example, 30 years from now, God knows, right? So, so the, the, the idea here is that everybody is a starter of something and they basically start with no information and everybody struggles. I mean, struggle is the process in which everybody learns because you're essentially asking your brain to get rewired and understand something you've never understood before. And if your brain is not struggling, you're not learning, and they're asking you to do things like count from one to 100, uh, you can do it in your sleep. And so that means that you're not learning anything. So struggle by nature is a starting point. That's, and that's a great point, because I mean, it is. It's, it is. it's where we start, and you, you have to figure it out. And sometimes we let things you know, kind of interfere with us, I think, sometimes, because we let other people's opinions about it or things creep in, like, oh, I can't do this and or whatever. And, and uh, that all, all, all kinds of stuff, because like, like you said, by the way, I'm open to that new microphone, if you <laughs> just kidding, anyway. Um, but, you know, you know, as a, as a parent, one of the most frustrating things is trying to help your child, and you don't know where to start or even how to begin. And, and it does it, I mean, this fits with any number of things. And, yeah. Um, and, and what do you say to parents who help them with their, you know, what do you say to, to parents, you, you know, to, who want to figure out how to help their children um, well, that are struggling? The, the, I, I say, uh, and I say many things to parents and a lot of things are about math and a lot, many more things are not necessarily about math. Uh, because a couple of things, uh, A, is that, you know, talking about the struggle, A, everybody is expected to struggle. So if your child is struggling, that's normal. That's a okay. That's like trying to complain that your kid, uh, who is one year old, is falling down many times and being worried about it. You know, yeah, that's the that's the way they're going to learn to walk. They're going to yes. fall a few times. So yes, it's they okay. are. <laughs> it's a okay right, to struggle. Right. Right? So it's normal, right? It's not abnormal to find someone struggling, uh, especially a child. I know everybody, including me, I would want to go and uh, you know, if you go you know, uh, you know, double down every time your kid is going to be falling down, just getting worried about a lot of things that are not necessary. That's the, that's the normal process of learning. The second thing I say is that allow them to have the freedom to fail, meaning that don't look down just because your child is struggling a little longer than another kid in your neighborhood or their friends or anybody else. 
it's okay. Everybody is not, uh, you know, uh, cracked up to be, you know, the most intelligent, smartest being for every single thing that they're going to be picking up and learning. Maybe your child can build sandcastles, you know, in a beach much faster than your neighborhood kid. Who cares, right? So it, it, it all depends on the perspective and the lens that you're going to be having. So allow them to fail. Allow them to feel good about failing. In fact, in my house, I have three daughters. Uh, and, you know, when my daughters come back from school and say, Dad, I think, oh, you know what, I think I got a D grade or something. It's like I give them a high five. You know, it's like, what happened, right? Early on, they were like just bewildered, right? Just like, you seriously, right? Are you, are you my dad, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and, 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 you know, so the, I, I always tell them, right? Look, you know, it's not like I didn't fail in things when I was growing up. I probably failed in more things than I probably could count in my fingers, right? You know, many, many, many things. But the one thing that I constantly went after, and this is something that I learned over a period of time, was that I became a better learner than most people because most people, when they felt that they had learned something 60%, 70%, 80%, they were like, you know what? I'm good enough to actually know this topic. I'm going to move on. For me, 90% uh, was not good enough because I always felt like, geez, I don't understand 10% of something. So I'm going to go figure out how to actually become, become better. You essentially then train your mind to be a constant learner. And even if you have small micro gaps, you look at failure as an opportunity, as a white space to go to get painted on with more knowledge, rather than saying that, well, you have to be successful from day one. Well, if the notion that you have to be successful from day one is going to be the notion you're going to be teaching your kids, they're never going to be successful. The reason is because every time they encounter failure, they're going to stop learning or stop doing, which means that they're never going to continue to grow. If you really want your child to grow, you need to have them have what I would call as a very healthy, positive relationship with failure in general. Not just math, everything else. Even if they're building whatever, carpentry boxes or whatever else they have to be building, uh, you know, it's okay. And uh, make sure that your child is going to be feeling ultra confident about what they are doing. You should uh, encourage them for the attempt to solve a particular problem, probe deeply with them on why they are struggling and don't allow them to get away with, uh, <laughs> I, 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 my, my daughter who's 23 now, and she was like, you know, you are the most worst dad, you know, when I was young, I was like, what, 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 what happened, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> she said like, well, I was in third grade and I, you asked me a math problem and I gave you the right answer. And then you said, are you sure that's the right answer? <laughs> nice. <laughs> So, yeah, you know, I never knew whether I was actually telling you the right answer or not. You know, I didn't, I didn't have a good time, right? So, <laughs> so, but, but, and I said, like, look, well, you went to whatever the top Ivy League, you know, so quit, quit complaining, right? So, <laughs> I love it. So, so, but that's the point, right? I mean, you should have a conversation with your, with your children so that they actually are able to have that conversation about why they are struggling with something, right? <laughs> I, I think that's awesome. I really do. That's uh, very much so. And I, and I would have loved to have had that conversation that, yeah, I know you're struggling, but hey, high five me, right? That, yeah, that, that, that wasn't happening in mine. <laughs> that's, I was a little more af afraid of what might happen there. So it's, you know, and as a note, eventually, much older, uh, when I hit the, uh, something I like to call the brick wall of Calc 2, um, yeah. <laughs> I decided I think I may have gotten to the, <laughs> the end of that road. But part of my problem at the time was it had less to do with math and had more to do with uh, um, whether I was committing time to it or not. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> I can look back on that now and say exactly. I know exactly what caused my problem. 
um, even though I still like blaming the professor. <laughs> but you know, so so tell me, who, who's Thinkster? Who is Thinkster's target audience, and and why? Uh, well, obviously, we majority right now, as we speak, uh, our focus is on a direct-to-consumer product that we have. Uh, we have a K through eight math program. We also acquired a company which is providing AI-based SAV training. So we have K through eight through test prep. We're kind of bridging the high school. We already have high school as well, uh, you know, as a tutoring program. So it's kind of like the consumers are my direct audience because for kids in K through five, maybe K through six parents are the ones that are making decisions. Uh, kids who are like in middle school, they have an opinion. They don't necessarily take decisions all by themselves, but kids in high school and beyond, they tend to you know, want to evaluate and take decisions by themselves. And uh, the, that, that's, that's my target audience, right? You know, this, this, we sell to parents, we sell to kids, and they are our users. Gotcha. Cool. And, it, you know, and what I'd like to do now is let's talk a little bit about, because we haven't gotten there yet. So uh, there's a seven-step process involved in Thinkster. Can, can you talk about that a little bit? Just kind of explain it. Sure. Uh, if you want me to go through the seven step, it's going to take a long time, but I can, <laughs> uh, but, but I can, I can talk at a very high level, you know, you know, the, the approach is fairly straightforward, right? You don't see math champions. And when we talk about the seven steps, we are also, it's almost like we are a little book of secrets, right? And we have essentially opened that little book of secrets. We are basically saying that you don't have to come and join us. You can do it yourself as a mom or a dad or a grand grandparent. You can do this with your kids at home and you can, you can do amazingly well with your child as well. You don't have to come and join us. The problem there is that uh, many people either don't have the, the ability, when I say ability, uh, it's uh, sometimes people feel threatened by uh, algebra, sometimes people feel threatened by calculus, and you know, sometimes what they learned and how they learned is different from how things are being taught in school these days. So there's a gap between how kids are being told how to solve a problem compared to what a parent or a grandparent may know. And then, so we, we basically say, well, start with basic, making sure that you're hiring somebody yourself included. You can either hire yourself or hire somebody who can do that same job. Uh, the, the, the thesis of those seven steps predominantly boils down to making sure that you're disciplined and diligent about the kinds of things you need to do on a daily basis. Make sure that there is uh, whatever your child is doing, make sure they're working on something that is highly personalized for them, right? If it's not personalized for them, uh, it's like, you know, if you have finished uh, let's say, uh, you know, you know two-digit multiplication in fourth grade or something else like that. Uh, you want to make sure that, uh, you know, they are going to be given something that's slightly more advanced than two-digit multiplication. Maybe they can get them started with maybe three-digit multiplication. Maybe you can start get, get them started with two-digit divisions. So the idea here is that based on where your child is, what is the next best thing you should be doing? It's almost like parents should be thinking about uh, academic knowledge acquisition as almost like a continuous series of steps going up essentially the proverbial knowledge mountain. Uh, the question that one needs to ask if I can conjure a visual Im uh, imagery for parents or anybody else who's listening to this is, if your child is in step 20, would you want the child to be working on a problem that's in step 45 or step 135? You just look at that visually and you're just like, well, that makes no sense. Right. Or if the kid is in step 240, would you ask them to do something on step 10 if they've already acquired that knowledge? So the idea here is that you want to be making sure they can go incrementally right around what they're supposed to be learning. 
And it ties to, so the whole idea is you need to personalize the delivery of information, knowledge, content, instruction, everything to that particular child. It's a segment of one. Our, our company works on a segment of one child. We don't care about if you're along with a hundred other kids. For us, it's hundred segments of one child each in one segment, right? So, and then you have to go look at uh, making sure that are they doing well? What mistakes are they doing? Why are they making the mistakes? It's not just the what of the mistakes they're doing. It's figuring out two children with exactly identical problems can make mistakes. It's like uh, jumping into a swimming pool and saying, hey, I just saw you. You're supposed to clock 100 meters in three minutes or two minutes or whatever it is. You're taking four and a half minutes. I'm just going to make you jump in the water 100 times and make sure you can jump. You can, you can, you can become an amazing swimmer. No. I have to watch, maybe your you know, child A is not kicking his left leg properly and child B is not uh, swinging his right arm properly. Both of them need to be getting their own specific feedback, not just jump in the pool and basically you know, keep swimming, right? No, you, know, you can be there for eternity and you're never gonna have children who are gonna be good swimmers, right? So that's the point. You need to have someone, it can be you, it can be a spouse, it can be somebody else in the household. Someone has to be paying attention to what is that child done yesterday what should be the feedback today? What should I give next? So you have to look at the data that's actually coming out of your child's engagement and you have to make sure that uh, you know, this is being done. And you have to also be persistent every day. It's continuum of work. It's not like, hey, I just want to lose 10 pounds. I'm just going to show to the, I'm going to have a cameo appearance to the gym every six months. You forget it. It's not going to happen, right? right. <laughs> so, yeah, the gym will basically be very happy because you're paying for something to not see it, right? It's the same thing. It's the, it's, it's, the, it's the ability to make sure that you're persistent with what you're trying to get done. And you're, look, I, I talk about in the seven steps, you know, people somehow have this notion that uh, using a coach or using a, a, a tutor is, uh, in some cases, could be considered to be negative. I mean, I, I challenge, you know, I, I, I talk about Tony Robbins, who's got, uh, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, Oprah Winfrey, Bill Clinton, the CEO of Salesforce.com, Mark Benioff. I mean, these guys are not, you know, let's say they're not your average next door neighbor. They're highly accomplished individuals, right? Why do they need a coach? Why are they having a coach? The reason is because they want to be they want to aspire for doing something phenomenally more better, significantly better than what they were yesterday or today. So if people who are considered to be highly accomplished can actually go find themselves a coach, you and I and our kids and it should be no different, right? Uh, having a coach is basically making sure you're having a mentor for your life who's going to make you reach your potential and even beyond your imagined capacities, right? You know, go above and beyond what you think you're going to give yourself credit for. And you want to make sure that uh, there is data that's actually driving all these things. This is not hocus pocus. This is not somebody who comes and tells you that, hey, I'm just going to just coach you. I'm going to tell you there is no room for quote unquote BS here, right? And so the, 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 the objective here is that can I show data? Can your instructor or coach basically say, yeah, last month on this date, you were here. This month on the same day, 30 days later, here's where you are. Here are the specific actionable areas where you've shown demonstrable improvement. Here are the areas you're struggling continuously. Here are the areas you're showing some improvement but need to work on. If you can't have that objective dialogue with someone, first of all, the trust in the equation goes down significantly. So you want to make sure that there is a an opportunity to have data, the opportunity to make sure that uh, this uh, conversation is 
is completely steeped in your performance and not something that you're just like pulling from the seat of your pants and saying, oh, here it is, right? Uh, you know, so make sure that uh, you're in a position to have this kind of an engagement and make sure you're staying on top of those things on a, on a, on a daily basis. So in a test, I mean, I can go on, but at the end of the day, it's all about making sure that it's everything is hyper-personalized to your child using a coach who's delivering instructions on a daily basis, who is measuring and monitoring and providing feedback and, and make sure you're doing this ad nauseum. There is no, there is no, I'm going to take a vacation. I'm going to take a weekend off. No, learning is a continuum, right? Excellent. Excellent. I appreciate it. The, uh, you know, and you made me think a lot of, about a lot of things that uh, in my own personal journey, yeah, I, I, that would have been nice to have had somebody helping me point those things out. And I, I can say that one of the things I did have the professor one time say that was very helpful was, uh, and this was in college, by the way, he said, uh, he said, I noticed that you, you're racing a lot. And he goes, I could see where you had the right answer over here and you erased it. <laughs> and I, and part of my problem was confidence in that I had it correct in the first place. So and that's, that's where some of that coaching helps too. So that's cool stuff. Yeah. You know, why do you think that uh, Thinkster's having success and, and a positive impact on kids? Uh, I would say that I, 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 you know, I would be pretending if I said that I knew all the answers when I started Thinkster, right? But I know now with uh, seven or eight years behind our belts, uh, I think that uh, the biggest reason I think that we focus on improving the child's confidence above and beyond anything else that we focus on. So we don't just throw stuff on the, uh, you know, uh, on the student's book and say, hey, just keep doing it. We're going to make you a machine. No, the expectation is that we're going to treat you like a human being, like you deserve to be, uh, to be treated as one. And uh, we're going to understand where you are struggling. We're going to understand where you're, uh, you know, where you're, uh, you know, uh, really good at. So I don't have to, have to make you waste time. Children are very sensitive about, hey, that just, just made me do the same thing again and again and again. Boring, right? So, so, yes. so, so don't, don't pain them. You know, make sure that you, you, you tell them that you treat them like you would want to be treating yourself and you're going to give them what they are supposed to be working on. Tell them the why. Don't just tell them, just do it because I say so, I mean, because the best, quickest way to turn a kid off is to say, I say so, right? Yes, so, definitely. So, Especially so, your own kids. That's <laughs> Your own kids, that's right. So, and, and think about it, I'm dealing with other people's kids here, right? So, I right. Careful. so, so I, we don't tell them, I say so, we tell them, this is the reason why we think so. Uh, and we, we give them the opportunity to learn something in multiple ways. We don't just tell them, this is the only way to roam, Otherwise, forget it, you're, you know, you're never going to improve. No, we just say, oh, you know what? If I'm saying something and you don't understand, it's not the you problem, that's a me problem. It's like, if you understand English and I'm speaking to you in German, I can't say, oh, that guy never understands what I'm saying. No, it's exact opposite problem. I just don't know how to communicate to you in English because you understand English. That's the same way we look at kids. What is the language of math that we can work with you that you understand because once I speak your language, first of all, A, the communication channel is established, right? I'm not speaking Greek and Latin, and I'm speaking to you in a language that you are able to understand. And then obviously, because you're able to understand, you're starting to engage. And then the other things that we do is uh, uh, building confidence, making sure feedback is very positive and very uh, optimistic feedback, making sure they can look on their building on their strengths, not just focusing on their negatives. And we also make sure we are gamifying and we don't gamify because it's, we need to gamify because I know that's the, that's the in thing. We want to make sure that we are like almost like playing a game of math soccer 
uh, if you're playing a game of soccer, you have to pay attention. Uh, you can't just say, well, when the ball comes near my legs, I'll kind of kick it out, right? You have to kind of pay attention for the 90 minutes or whatever the time frame the soccer games are plays these days. You have to make sure that, oh, the ball is there, but in a nanosecond, it could be under your feet and you have to be able to respond. So we make sure that students are able to show up consistently. They get points for showing up consistently. They get points for consistently providing answers. They get uh, points for consistently finishing assignments. They get points for reviewing feedback from our tutors. So in other words, and basically they can earn up to a max of 7,500 points and they can actually take a physical $5 gift card to a Target or Amazon or Walmart and buy whatever they want to. I have so many parents that come to me and say, they're just waiting for their trip to go to Walmart. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so yeah, it's a bunch of intrinsic and extrinsic things that works. <laughs> That's excellent. That's I can I can see that too. Uh, so how son, how close is my son getting to going to Walmart? Exactly. Well, <laughs> and if you get that, well, we got a little talk coming. Uh, that's that's good stuff. I like that. Yeah, now, there as part of Thinkster, you have these apps. Yeah. Can Can you just give an overview of those? Yeah, of course. Very high level. We have a student app that people can use an iPad. It's natively built because it's very easy. It's a tablet device. Or you can use any other tablet and you can use the same uh, similar application that you can use for your children to show they work. Like, it's almost like paper and pencil. There's just a lot of work. I know that you spoke to somebody else recently that talked about the impact of brain stimulation when paper and pencil are brought together. That's exactly the kind of things that we do. So we have student applications that can be used on any tablet device, iPad device, or a web browser, or, or any touch-based laptop. Then we have what we call as a parent insights app. This is almost like having a tutor in your own pocket. I mean, literally, I mean, you can just whip it up and you can say, oh, where's my kid? Where's my son? How much has he done? Who's my, you know, what, what is the feedback that my tutor is actually giving you? And if your son actually did 300 problems this week and he actually goofed up in like, you know, 10 of them, you actually can know exactly those 10 that your son goofed up on and what was the, the, the feedback from the tutor. So you literally have this entire insights package literally in your pocket 24 by seven, right? So nice. our goal is that parents, you know, they go to a tutoring center, they stand outside or they go shopping, come back and they have no idea what happened, right? <laughs> right. That's, a, that's, that's the image I had in my brain is you just, you just stole from the kids the ability to say, so son, how did tutoring go? It went good. Well, how good? Well, great. Yeah, you know, it actually didn't go well at all. You know, <laughs> that's that's exactly the point, right? So we felt that look, this is a triangular relationship, right? Yeah, the parent, the student, and the tutor need to have this awesome, amazing relationship that is based on uh, integrity of data, integrity of what we are trying to get, and the common purpose that your son or your daughter is with a tutor for a particular reason. And you need to know as a parent, because there is also communication that goes on during dinner or breakfast or anything else. And you say, Hey, what's happening? You know, I saw this thing. What are you struggling with? Can I help you? That's okay. Right? So we build this trust and confidence within a family and their child and our tutor. That's excellent. I, uh, I, I love that. That's uh, that's really cool. That's uh, cause that's, Thanks. you know, it's, it's necessary too. I mean, cause that's where, I think that's, you know, you talked about trying to build that confidence and so forth. Yeah. I think with some kids, that's so necessary that uh, yeah. a big part of the ingredient. So cool stuff. Uh, you know, if someone reached out to you and said, my son needs help, but I don't know where to start. What would your advice be? Well, if they're calling me about uh, joining a math tutoring program, and I have had parents call me about other things in life, by the way. So, 
but you know, look, we, we, we consider ourselves to be almost like a concierge, somebody who can rely on. I mean, I had, uh, I've had parents call me and say, well, my son is actually doing 15 classes. He's in Taekwondo, he's in karate, blah, 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 blah. What else do you think I should be doing? First of all, he should be sleeping, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's doing too much. But, but, but if a parent were to come to us and uh, ask about math tutoring, we basically say, take the diagnostic test because it's free. We give you a one week free trial. You get an extensive report about where your child is. And our tutor will actually coach you and tell you exactly, we'll talk to you. We'll understand what are the perspectives that you can provide to them. And you know, you can basically know exactly what your options are and where you need to go and how quickly things will uh, start to transform, right? That's pretty much what we do. That's excellent. The, uh, you know, and <laughs> I thought that was funny, by the way. Uh, um, yeah, I should have worded that question a little bit better. Yes, well, the other day I was asked for my advice about uh, <laughs> something else. <laughs> so, no, anyway. Actually, it does happen because I think parents are genuinely interested in providing their, and we, we, we are living in an environment where there is so much of opportunity you know, kids can go paint and do piano and do coding and do robotics and do swimming and do karate and do taekwondo and do cycling. And it's like, like, I'm just gasping, right? I was like, you know, and, and there was this parent who was basically a doctor and, you know, God bless her soul. She was actually helping COVID patients. And she literally called me and said, I'm exasperated. I don't know what to do. And I said, okay, let's go one by one. Let's go look at, look at the options and let's see how we can make sure that your son is going to be staying on top of things without necessarily feeling burnt out. And that was it, right? So, yeah. That's good stuff. That's, you know, it's, you know, as a parent, it is rough. And with all that other stuff going on and oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. It, it, uh, so they need some guidance there. So I appreciate it. You know, one of the things I want to make sure that uh, um, we talk about is this. Thinkster has test prep and one-on-one -on -one tutoring for high school math. Uh, who, who are your tutors and could you talk a little bit about how this works and what the commitment is? Commitment for tutors or commitment for uh, kids? Kids. Okay. So for, we have different uh, flavors. So we do do help with one-to-one -one tutoring for uh, high school uh, students as well. We are actually developing this, uh, what I would call as the commando SWAT team swoop down kind of uh, approach for them. Take five questions per topic and we will tell you because you don't have time. You're, you know, high school students don't have time. So our goal is, uh, you know, I have high school students and, you know, they'll just completely, you know, not let me go if I'm going to make their lives miserable, right? So, right. <laughs> so, so the idea here is that if you're going to come in as a high school student, we want to make sure that the biggest pain point I hear from high school students is that I go to a tutor, that tutor has no idea what I'm struggling with. And the tutor tells me, hey, what do you need help with? And I'm saying, I need help with everything. <laughs> so, and, and so the, 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 the children are, uh, high school students are faced with this, with this uh, mystifying process of, oh, go to a tutor, they're going to just somehow magically help you and it doesn't happen and they have to waste their time. And it's like, it almost feels like that. My own daughter, he, you know, she's entering ninth grade. She's like, it almost feels like I need to do some homework before I can even go in front of a tutor to ask me. For it. So, so it's, it's that thing, right? So our goal is to make sure that we're going to put you in front of a tutor who is actually going to be focused on just you. What do you know? What do you not know? What do you need to know? So you can actually go meet your milestones or objectives. If you are three months away from taking your calculus BC exam, the preparation is going to be way different than if you're going to be like nine months of preparation for a calculus BC exam or AB exam, right? It's all perspective, right? So our, 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 our tutors are, uh, are, are, you know, have been with us. They actually go through an extraordinary rigorous process. In fact, we were just doing this work couple of weeks back, the acceptance rate of a tutor in our company is less than a one half of 1%. Wow. 
right? And the reason is because, I mean, the awesome tutors, you know, but we say, well, you need to commit. You need to actually go through the training. It's a two-week intensive training program that we put them through. We, the, they know all of the seven test steps. So it's literally like coaching them and becoming like mini experts within two weeks. And we literally take them. They understand uh, it's based on logic. It's based on uh, uh, research. It's based on, uh, you know, results. So we make sure that our all of our tutors are able to adhere to a very uh, robust process, their customer is their student. And so we want to make sure that every student is associated with one dedicated tutor, which means there's no, there's, this is not like, oh, today is uh, Mrs. B and tomorrow is Mrs. A. No, it's the same person. They're going to work with you. Your success is going to be how we are going to measure their success, right? That's pretty much how it works. So the commitment for a student is that, uh, uh, we basically say at least uh, sign up for one face-to-face -face tutoring session, which is private one-on-one 30-minute session. And uh, otherwise, uh, it's daily do some 10, 20 problems every day, you know, that we think you need to essentially, it's like muscle memory. You need to actually pick up your memory. You know, you, we want to make sure you don't have fade over time. You also want to reinforce certain logic and certain, certain processes. All of our problems come with, uh, you know, uh, sample solved problems. So you don't have to feel like you're stuck and you're frustrated. You're going to have some help immediately all the time. And that's the goal, right? The whole is like, if we make it frustration-free experience, the learning experience becomes magically uh, accelerated. That's excellent. The, you know, and I appreciate you talking about that because that's, that's one of those things. I mean, that's the reality of the, uh, of the tutoring and what's, you know, the, um, the magic behind the curtain, whatever, you know, and it's, uh, and that's, that's cool stuff. You know, and that's something that a lot of parents and uh, teachers would have questions about. So appreciate talking about that. You know, before we go, as we're getting ready to finish up here, if someone wanted to find out more, connect with you, where would you send them, Raj? Okay. So our website, hello, thinkster.com. It's basically saying hello to us. So it's hellothinkster.com. It's our website. They can actually come and know more about us. There are extensive case studies, video tutorials. There are videos, not tutorials, videos, uh, customer testimonial videos. There are before, after pictures of actual kids who have done phenomenally well. Uh, so we are a very transparent company. We are actually, we, we, Steve, uh, we find ourselves to be very blessed uh, because a lot of parents actually genuinely feel that uh, we have allowed them to develop a kinship with us and we likewise have developed a kinship with them mainly because we have delivered outstanding uh, human beings uh, you know in their kids you know transform their kids to become outstanding learning academically brilliant intelligent human beings right so they really uh, like the fact that we've been able to have this transformative effect on their kids and uh, so lots of open testimonials. And if they need to reach me, they can reach me directly at uh, Raj Valley, R-A-J-V-A-L-L-I at hellothinkster.com. Uh, that email does get read. Uh, so it's, uh, I do respond to those emails. Uh, we do get a lot of emails from parents directly to me. And uh, for us, uh, the one thing that I will probably communicate is that uh, we take our job super seriously. Uh, if anybody touches us, uh, the the running mantra in our company, by the way, Apple actually profiled us a couple of years back in their app store as one of the most innovative education apps in their app store during Christmas, which I was told that never seldom happens during Christmas time. They actually just picked like 10 or 12 companies and they actually showcase them. Uh, our mantra is very simple. Would Apple do it? And if they won't do something, uh, we won't do the same things. Meaning that uh, whatever we touch, whatever we do has to be outstanding Six Sigma quality, right? The customer service has to be outstanding. The touch points has to be outstanding. The teacher communications with parents has to be outstanding. If we can't do this, we won't do it. 
right? So parents can be rest assured that when they come and talk to us, they are essentially, they can be free, right? They can hire a third parent in a sense, right? Right. That's, that's awesome. I appreciate it. And, and, you know, I'll make sure that uh, um, Roger's email is in the, uh, in the show notes as well, as well as other links to uh, hellothinkster.com. And uh, um, so you can find out more information. Uh, so Raj, I, I appreciate this has been fun talking with you and uh, I love the reality, the, the nice liveliness of the conversation too. That's awesome. I appreciate that. And, and I have two questions I want to ask and uh, uh, they're a little dis- disconnected, but I like to ask these questions. So here we go. Um, when things get difficult or there are too many issues all coming at once and you want to quit, how do you overcome those feelings and keep going? Excellent question. And by the way, it looks like you've been living my world. <laughs> <laughs> so the, 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 there are two constants. One is that uh, if you want to be in a constant innovation, learning, creative zone, uh, the number of things that's going to be in front of you is going to be way more than what you can handle in a given 24-hour day. Uh, There are times when things are what I would call as orthogonal, like pulling you in two different directions. Like, you know, you you can't reconcile them because you're you're getting literally pulled in two different directions. in all of those cases, the one thing that has really helped me personally is uh, I just sometimes there are, so those are the two things, the, two, the multi, the, the opposing directional forces on you. Uh, the second type of pull and thing is things that are in your control and things that are not in your control. So I, I quickly segment, is this something I can influence the outcome of? And is this not something I can influence outcome of? I have noticed that 90% of things are not under, under my direct influence. I just basically just park them in a corner because I, no matter what I do, it's not going to change. The reality is not going to change. So I basically take a deep breath. I do meditate a lot and I do get a lot of uh, opportunity to essentially go deep into understanding and introspecting. And uh, so uh, I've been very fortunate that uh, even what appear to be insurmountable problems have essentially either frittered away or we have actually found solutions that have made our lives easier and calmer. And so it's when everything happens, I just go deep into hyper prioritization. That's it. You know, pick the ones that matter the most. And uh, for that, I basically say, if it's a customer issue, if there's something else that's a constraint and that constraint is a lower priority, customer issue takes first, lower priority doesn't, uh, you know, uh, come into consideration, problem solved, right? And the other thing that we do, typically uh, most problems that are, what people consider as insurmountable, have to deal with either money or getting money or paying back on time or one of those things, any one of those things or you know, something associated with some good exchanging information, right? Uh, at, the, at, the, at, the, at the end of the day, if it makes you feel very good by just letting things go because you know, more things are gonna come your way, so be it, right? That's it, don't worry. <laughs> nice, I like that. That's awesome advice. and. Uh... Good stuff. I appreciate it. The last question goes like this. Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? Uh, I'm going to be very direct with you here, Steve. Uh, I don't have a single human being who I have essentially said, who I have thought that they have single-handedly made my life what it is today. Uh, in other words, all the positive influences. However, I think that I probably have at least 70 people I can name. 70 different people, uh, at least. Uh, 
I have my own daughters to be my teachers. They do things or say things at times that make me like, ooh, that is probably the better way of doing this. I'm gonna pick that up, right? Uh, it could be you. I mean, if I have interacted with you for a much longer time, I see one thing that you do in your life that I feel like, geez, that's awesome. I wanna do that thing that Steve does. I wanna be like that in that particular direction. I have another guy. I won't name names because this is going to, you, have, you have to give me another three more hours, right? <laughs> so I have this guy, very close friend of mine, and he, you know he runs another company. He was working for me earlier. He runs another company now. Uh, awesome guy, really high energy, and you know high energy. I'm 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 saying when I say high, I'm not even talking zero to hundred. Hundred being max for like ninety nine point nine nine. He's like on a zero hundred. He is like two thousand or ten thousand, right? Nice. He's super high energy, and the reason why he gets his energy. He is amazingly disciplined about working out. I mean, he carries like a bag of like 20 pound bricks on his back and you see him running at nine o'clock in the night, right? I was like, geez, man, this is awesome, right? I would love to do that, right? So, cool. but, so, so essentially no single teacher, but I think my life has been uh, you know, blessed with having so many people uh, who I look up to. So I'm essentially a mosaic of all of the fantastic qualities that many people have had on me, so. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. That's a, that's a, that's a great answer. This is uh, and you think about the, the different impact that people have. And I, you, you've made me think of several just by what you just said right there. That's cool. You know, Raj, thank you so much for talking with us today about Thinkster. I know that there are many, many of my audience wanting to know more and anyone who's ever seen their child or even themselves go through the struggles of not really understanding something, just kind of going through the motions. You know, they really were listening closely. So, you know, what an excellent tool. Thanks for sharing. And I wish you the best in all that you do. Take care now. Thank you so much, Steve. I really appreciate it. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.